درود به مردم شریف ایران. من شهریار افشار هستم. میزبان شما در politics365.com یک برنامه آموزشی، بیطرف و غیر انتفاعی. هر هفته ما با دو شخصیت فعال سیاسی، حقوق بشر و کارشناس مصاحبه می‌کنیم که صدای مردم ایران را در این جنبش ملی زنده نگه‌داریم. اگر مایل هستین از این برنامه حمایت کنین، خوشحال میشیم به وبسایت ما مراجعه بفرمایین در politics365.com و هر مقداری که تمایل دارین کمک کنیم. با سپاس و با امیر ایران آزاد بریم دنبال برنامه امروز. خوش آمدید جسکا خلیلی. جسکا یک دانشجو هستش از پپرداین لا سکول و یک اکتیویست هستش در نانوی ستونت گروپا شاگرده پپرداین باید واقعا با تمام اکتیویست های سراسر دنیا که در این جنبش ملی شرکت میکنن جسکا یکی از اون شاگردای فعاله و من حتما میخواستم دعوتش کنم به این برنامه واسه اینکه واقعا این جنبش ملی فقط مال چه میدونم صاحب نظرهای بزرگ و با سیاست مداره نیست واقعا it belongs to students it belongs to women it belongs to young people و این ایرانی که ما واسه این همه قصده میخونیم و نگرانی هستیم مال نسل بعدیه مال امثال جسیکا و شاگرده و دانشجوهایی هستند که به اصطلاح این ایران رو باید به دست بگیرن و جرا ببرن خلاصه میخواستم حتما این اکتیویست فعال و ورجسته رو دعوت کنم به برنامه که نظر ایشون رو بیشتر باش آشنایی پیدا کنیم مخصوصا با توجه به حوادث وحشتناکی که در اسرائیل اتفاق افتاد این چند هفته پیش و الان جنگ اسرائیل و حماس ایشون یه فردی که خیلی فعاله در جوش کمیونیتی پپرداین و صاحب نظر خیلی مهمیه در این موضوع واسه اینکه ما نه تنها موضوع ایران رو داشتیم که بعد از این یک سالی که مرگ محسا همینی واقعا هممون رو به،, به همکاری و حمایت از همدیگه گرفت حالا این حوادثی هم که در اسرائیل اتفاق افتاده خب یه موضوع سیاسه دیگه است که متاسفانه ایران هم یه جوری آلوده شده و این جنبش ملی هم باید باش بهش توجه کنه که واقعا ببینه چه اثری روی این خواسته های مردم ایران داره جدا از حوادثی که در اسرائیل افته مردم ایران هنوز آزادی خودش رو میخوان هنوز تمام اون سرکوبی که ما شاهدش بودیم یک سال پیش هنوز داره اجرا میشه در یک فرم یا یک فرم دیگه در ایران پس ما باید تا اونجا که میتونیم توجه به اون حوادث بتونیم جلب کنیم و دعوارش صحبت کنیم در این برنامه ها با افرادی که فعال هستن در, اون در این موضوع ها دعوت کنیم و بتونیم سعی کنیم جامعه خودمون رو روشن کنیم جسیکا خلیلی خوش آمدی به برنامه میدونم بقیه برنامه به انگلیسی اجرا میشه اما اگه لطف کنی خودتو معرفی کن و بعد میریم دنبال اصل قضیه Awesome. Well, Shahriar Khan, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you giving the time on this platform to talk about really important issues that are plaguing both the Iranian community, but the Jewish community as well. Um, my name is Jessica. You can call me Parisa, whatever works. Um, I am a 2L student at the Pepperdine University Caruso School of Law. I am our president of our Jewish Law Students Association. I am also on the National Iranian American Law Students Association. So I'm very, very passionate about community building and just having discourse and being able to build bridges um, across different communities. So I'm really happy to be able to have this opportunity to speak with you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's so great to see young people have a passion for service and 
the law. You know, I, I, I know, uh, you know, obviously the old uh, adage, Iranians always want to see their kids become doctors or lawyers, right? So yeah. you're, I'm sure, making your parents very proud and, and you're a, a source of pride for the community as well. Thank but, you, you know, unfortunately, you know, you're growing up and you're going to school in a difficult time, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and I really like to know what your perspectives are about uh, what's happened in Iran over the past year. And where do you think, as a young person looking at the situation and, and being involved in activism, where do you think it's going? And then we'll get to what's going on in Gaza and Israel. Absolutely. So I had started my first year at Pepperdine whenever um, the news broke out about Massa or Gina. And um, it was very harrowing to experience. You know, it's you're here in the secular school in the United States, and then back home, you're hearing all these things that are happening and having to kind of act like everything is normal and go to class. And whenever you know that your community is pushing forth yet another revolution, and my parents um, left Iran before and during the revolution, and seeing how that changed the entire dynamic of our family, and not being able to be there to support people who were spurring the next revolution, but this time for good, um, it was difficult to deal with. Um, however, our Iranian Law Students Association was able to put together a panel and we had a bunch of experts on international politics and Iranian women come speak about the intersection of law and the importance of separating a theocratic regime's ideals from being able to represent the people that they serve. And it was it was very it was a very powerful conversation but unfortunately the work doesn't just stop there um so and it, it's unfortunate that we see that things are still happening with Armita Garavand who just recently passed away after being in a coma for so long when she was also you know assaulted by morality police so to see that a year and two weeks after what happened to Massa Regina that it's still happening means that there is more that we need to do so we're desperately looking for ways to be able to be able to use discourse to influence the next generation of Iran to see if they are able to revolutionize and completely change the structure of how Iran is governed. No, but that's that me. Yeah, I'm sorry. Thank you. No, that's great. Thank you um, for mentioning Armita. Uh, unfortunately, there's always going to be an Armita or a Gina, uh, right? Uh, so. I'm just curious, you mentioned your parents came over during the revolution, like many, many, many parents uh, did. Uh, I'm glad they did. And you were born here, uh, yeah. right? So what connects you to Iran? I mean, your parents are from Iran, but what connects, what what makes you act? You could just go on in your, I want to say, perfect life here and not ever mm -hmm. worry about such difficult issues in Iran. Why mm -hmm. why worry about it? Why Why would you get involved? Yeah, because a lot of it is a women's rights issue. And women's rights isn't just an American issue. It's a worldwide issue. You see it not just happening in Iran, you see it in Africa, you see it in China, you see it in a lot of different countries. And, you know, those are those are my cousins, you know, even if we're not related by blood, it's important to be able to stand and watch. And I know my mom was um, targeted when she was young, she was younger than me by the morality police for not properly wearing hijab. And because of that, seeing what she went through as a result, I don't want to see that happen to any other women. I think it's the 
it's important for women to have the right to choose if they want to wear hijab and be modest and practice Islam to the way that they want to, 100% support, but women should also be able to choose if they don't want to do that. Um, and that protects the sanctity of religion and practice and makes it something that really comes from a place of genuine devotion versus something that's forced and makes people almost despise religion, which is, Islam is a beautiful religion. It shouldn't be weaponized to push forward um, ideals that are meant to suppress women and suppress revolution. Because when you make women cover and you suppress them, you're cutting down a voice that's important in changing the current power dynamic. So it's important to me. And, you know, I grew up with Persian parents who are very proud of our Iranian heritage. We would listen to Persian radio in the morning sometimes, and we would go visit our grandparents in LA. Um, and I love the stories of Iran. I love Iranian music, Iranian food. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's just home. It's home away from home. Right. It's a bond. You know, this is what I really uh, enjoy about talking with people like yourself. Uh, all of the young people, especially they were born here, they may have never set foot in Iran, mm -hmm. feel a connection. It's hard to describe, right? I don't, you can't put it in a bottle. You can't, you know, uh, it's not black and white. It's something innate in you, maybe ingrained by your parents and maybe not, uh, that that uh, you feel responsible. Mm -hmm. like, I'm responsible to do something. I've mm -hmm. made it here. I've, thank God, you know, I've, have a good life here, but now I'm responsible to, as you said, your distant cousins uh, who don't have all the same privileges as you do, uh, women or not, you know, uh, especially this harsher on women, of course, in every uncivilized society, usually the women and the minorities are the first to suffer, mm -hmm. right? Uh, uh, the, the, somehow men get away with, with uh, a lot, but uh, so I'm glad you're doing this. I think you're a source of pride for your family, but of course the Iranian community and uh, and all the people like you that are active. Um, now that, unfortunately, we've seen uh, events explode uh, out of control in Israel and uh, and Gaza. I mean, you know, as a as a Jewish American, Jewish Iranian, what is your perspective? I mean, it's a difficult time for anyone that has a heart, that is a human being. You know, I, I don't feel like this just happens. Of course, it happens to the Jewish people uh, living in. in uh, in Israel and under terrorist attacks all the time by Hamas or Hezbollah. But uh, you, I feel like, you know, if you're a human, you have a heart, you feel for both sides, all the innocence, uh, you know, on, on the Palestinians, they, they, don't, they didn't do anything. Most of it, uh, Gaza is, uh, are kids your age, you're younger, much younger. They're under, you know, I don't know how, under 18. Um, and all of the innocence in Israel, you know, they were just trying to, I felt like it was like a Burning Man concert that was suddenly got attacked, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it was completely, it wasn't a war between military forces. It was uh, a, a terrorist group attacking innocents. Uh, and now uh, a government uh, indiscriminately, you know, unfortunately uh, defending itself, but also causing mass casualties, which is causing the world to just uh, raise its concern. And they've asked for a ceasefire, the UN, the Israel has declined. How does that affect what you're doing and how you feel as a Jewish Iranian, Jewish American uh, person and an activist still interested in seeing Iran move forward? Absolutely. So, I mean, I think the first thing to do is to call out um, terrorism for what terrorism is. And Hamas is a terrorist organization. It's not a representative of civilians. It's not 
there to advance the rights and freedoms of Palestinian people. And I think once people can make that distinction, then we can talk about what's going on. And the fact that there are people, civilians, who did not ask to wage this war. They were living their lives day to day. Um, there are struggles that the Palestinian community definitely does undergo. They have to go through checkpoints every time they want to go to Israel. It makes transportation very difficult, freedom of movement very difficult. You live underneath a regime, again, kind of like Iran, which really suppresses the rights of people. People who are LGBTQ cannot live them their lives freely the way that they could maybe do so in Israel or the same thing happens in Iran. So whenever these people are suppressed, it leads to a lot of problems. And it's always the result of a brutal dictatorship like we have seen with the IRGC, we have seen with Hamas. So being able to first call that out is important. I think um, recognizing that civilian casualties on both sides are not okay. Um, I think, however, there is a discussion within international law about proportionality and response. So whenever there is barriers that are completely knocked down, it's unprecedented, people don't know what's going to happen, and there is a large-scale attack that is massacring civilians, Israel cannot, and they take hostages, Israel can't just stand by idly and say, okay, go ahead, keep doing what you want to do. By removing Hamas, it ensures a better future for Palestinians because they can democratically elect leadership that truly represents their ideals and isn't just pocketing money and leaving and living in Qatar and becoming billionaires. Whenever their own people are struggling with access to water, fuel, gasoline, electricity, these are things that the Palestinian government should be providing for their own people instead of pocketing money for themselves. And I think we can see a lot of parallels in the structures of Hamas and Iranian government. We see inflation is at an all-time high in Iran. Iranian people are suffering. The economy is down. And it's it's not okay whenever you see the leaders of these governments who are not nearly affected and they're living off the blood money of innocent people. Um, so it, it's just really disappointing to see that we are living in 2023, almost 2024, and these issues are still at play. And then the West wants to get involved. And oftentimes when the West gets involved, it leaves a power vacuum. <laughs> and it's it's difficult because we don't really know how to navigate it. Um, Right. No, yeah. it, it, it's uh, it's funny. I mean, uh, it's not funny, but very sad that Middle East peace keeps eluding this planet uh, mm -hmm. in modern times. And there's a constant uh, uh, recurring kind of deja vu of one conflict or another uh, Hamas cause, Hezbollah cause. Um, you know, uh, really, I mean, personally, I've always felt, look, uh, Israel as a state not only has a right to exist, has a right to enjoy peace. Mm -hmm. uh, people say they have a right to defend themselves. Yes, of course, but they, they, they have a right to peace, you know, uh, and it's very hard for us to judge out here uh, and wherever we live around the world um, when we don't have to worry about a rocket uh, landing on our house, uh, Iron Dome security or not, uh, or a bus bomb or being hostage, taking hostage somewhere or our Olympic athletes being killed uh, when we they sent to the Olympics, or or all the I mean the anti-Semitism is just the least of their problems, <laughs> which is a global uh, issue, which is just the most horrid thing I can think of. Um, but right now, even we are observing, and I think you mentioned this, you know, uh, all forms of anti-Semitic behavior in in college campuses. Mm -hmm. This should be a place of 
thought and uh, and tolerance and education and development and 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 community instead uh i'm seeing all kinds of um unforgivable anti-semitic behavior really on both sides but mostly towards uh jewish students uh threatened all over the place um how do you i mean how is it affecting your campus at Pepperdine, but how do you feel the campus environment has changed since October 7th? Yeah, I mean, I go to a school that is very committed to standing against anti-Semitism. They have done the utmost in making sure that we feel safe as Jews at their school. And I think it's partially because it is a Christian university. So they're very deeply rooted in Christian values and acceptance and loving thy neighbor. So it's it's really good that I go here. I have not experienced any anti-Semitism at Pepperdine. You know, there are people with alternative views and perspectives, but they have the freedom to express it as long as it doesn't incite violence. Um, that's their First Amendment right. Um, however, I can say when I was at UCLA, before I went to Pepperdine, I went there for undergrad. The sentiment is a lot different right now there. You see a lot of chants and marches that are purposefully targeted at areas where there are a lot of Jewish students. And it's it's one thing to chant and march for the lives of innocent Palestinians that were lost in this in this conflict, but it's another thing to call for an intifada, which means a global uprising against Jews. Mm. We saw the first intifada and the second intifada when buses were blown up containing Jews. So whenever you're calling for intifada, you're delegitimizing the movement of Palestinian people because you're you're equating Palestinians to barbarism. And that's not something that most Palestinians want. They want to be able to live in peace with their Jewish neighbors. They want to be able to make income. They want to be able to come home to their families and just prosper and flourish like to everybody else. So whenever these movements highly radicalize a cause and they exploit it to push forward maybe an underlying theme of anti-Semitism because maybe they believe Jews control things, even though that's clearly proven to be untrue, um, then it's just, it's, it doesn't help the people that they claim to support. And whenever you are barricading students, I know there was a college in New York that students who are Jewish were locked in a library. Whenever there were anti, um, anti-Israel students and pro-Hamas students who were just banging on the doors, intimidating them, what does that do to help Palestinians? It only furthers the divide. And there's going to be no future in the region without Israelis or Palestinians. There needs to be both. We cannot wipe out or obliterate an entire people. It's completely unsustainable. It's unethical. And it's a huge violation of human rights. It's one thing to obliterate a government like Hamas, but it's another thing to be able to make sure that these conversations across the aisle where we can recognize each other's genuine goals of living and sustaining a future that's what's important sitting down and polarizing and saying death to jews and you know i've seen on the other side too there's a lot of islamophobia that's come as a result of this and that's not okay wishing death upon people who have nothing to do with the conflict except for exacerbating it is it's not going to fix anything and it's just going to further drive this divide more palestinians will die more israelis will die and also people have died who are not even israeli or palestinian there are nepalese workers filipinos people who are i believe from south america who were caught in the crossfire like how does that advance any cause israeli or palestinian right unfortunately um this generation will leave this mess to your generation uh because um of all the reasons you just mentioned uh, you know the corrupt governments uh corrupt uh dictators corrupt 
uh, leaders that maybe take you know money from the masses. And sometimes, unfortunately, uh, especially in that part of the world, generational vendettas, you know, all of these young people that are losing their parents, their brothers, sisters, are going to grow up blaming one side or the other, mm -hmm. uh, right? And that's hard. I mean, it's it's easy for us to judge out here in safety, and I'm not trying to judge or justify anyone's bad actions, um, terrorist actions uh, at all by Hamas. But uh, all of these people, all these kids crying uh, on both sides losing their parents and whatnot. Uh, it, it's a it's a terrible situation to be in. Uh, Jessica Khalili, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's really wonderful to see your passion and your conviction to this issue. I really hope you stay active. Uh, all of your friends and cohorts, uh, students, uh, Jewish Iranians, uh, Iranians, um, stay active, stay positive, stay engaged, try to educate as many people as you have. You've educated us. Uh, with with your insights, uh, you are the heart and soul of this movement, and you will inherit Iran uh, one way or another, and your generation will. So uh, I'm, for one, glad that it will be in good hands. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Shahi Khan. Thank you so much for the time and speaking with me. I loved this conversation. I hope we can have more. We will. Thank you.